In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Blessed are you who hunger, for you shall be satisfied. But woe to you who are full, for you have already received your consolation. Imagine, dear brothers and sisters, that this life is as good as it will ever get. Imagine that the comforts that this world provides you, your wealth, your house, your clothing and food, imagine that this is the best you will ever have it. Because when you die, you will lose everything you have. You won't be able to take your wealth with you or your house or your clothing or your food. You who were full on earth will suddenly find yourself empty for eternity. That is the plight of the rich man in the sermon that Jesus preaches. The rich man is, in principle, no different than people all around us who are content with their wealth and houses, their clothing and food. In their minds, they have no need for Jesus. And that because they reject reality and refuse to see themselves as they truly are. They refuse to acknowledge their profound poverty and great debt of sin that they have accumulated. They refuse to acknowledge that all the riches and comforts of this life are very quickly removed in death and are of no further help. It is the profoundest possible way to live in denial. They don't need God. They don't need Jesus. They don't need the cross. They don't need atonement. They don't need forgiveness. They are already full. They are already comforted. And they truly hope that this life lasts forever. As the pandemic has revealed, many would rather spurn God and live a little more of this life than acknowledge God and trust that our lives have always been and will always be in his hands. The sermon that Jesus preaches about the rich man and Lazarus is at its core a sermon about belief and unbelief. In mercy, God sent his son to reveal to us the truth about this world and about ourselves. Without God and without his love for us, without Jesus and his cross and the atonement for our sins, without his boundless mercy and true forgiveness of our debts, we would indeed be cut off from God and cut off from all comfort and consolation forever. The Pharisees rejected Jesus. They rejected the true comfort and consolation of God and became instead lovers of money. G.K. Chesterton famously wrote, When men choose not to believe in God, they do not thereafter believe in nothing. They then become capable of believing in anything. And that is exactly what we see. The Pharisees of old, just like the people all around us today, have become capable of believing anything even something so foolish as believing that the things of this world are all we will ever need. 
The rich man in Jesus' sermon is a caricature of all who become lovers of money rather than lovers of God. And like the rich man, they become self-absorbed, hedonistic, and without compassion. Believing they have no need for the mercy of God, they show no mercy to others. The rich man shows no mercy to Lazarus, even though it is later revealed that he knows Lazarus by name and daily passes by him at the gate. The abundance of wealth, as it turns out, does not make one more selfless and more generous, but rather the abundance of wealth makes one more selfish and less merciful. If only we had some examples of this from the wealthy and elite in our own country. The abundance of wealth does not make one more selfless and generous, but more selfish and less merciful. The rich man feasts while Lazarus hungers for the crumbs that fall from his table. The rich man is clothed in purple and fine linen while Lazarus is clothed in sores. The rich man has a house with a gate while Lazarus lies on the ground exposed to the dogs. Then everything changes. In the blink of an eye, both men die and their fortunes are reversed. The rich man who was full in this life finds himself empty. Lazarus, who is empty in this life, finds himself full. The rich man longs for a single drop of water while Lazarus feasts at Abraham's side. The rich man is clothed in anguish while Lazarus is clothed in joy. The rich man is in hell while Lazarus is in heaven. And if preaching about hell bothers you, then you're going to be most bothered of all by Jesus, who preaches about hell more than anyone else in the Bible. The name Lazarus is, in this case, of the utmost importance, because the name Lazarus means the one whom God consoles, or the one who is consoled by God. And that name of the rich man is also very important, precisely because it's been eternally forgotten. We no longer know it. Lazarus is a type of the believer, the rich man a type of the unbeliever. Believing Lazarus endures suffering that most of us, God willing, will never have to endure, but he does so in faith. And in due time, he receives the consolation of God. The rich man, on the other hand, has no faith. He has no true love for God. He sees no need to be consoled or comforted by God. Rather, he thinks he is full already. And of course, in due time, he learns how empty he is. What then is the point of Jesus' sermon? So simple our children understand it. Don't be the unbelieving rich man. Don't seek to be consoled in this life by the things of this world. Be Lazarus. Be one who is consoled by God.
who seeks his consolation in God. Confess to him your sins, your wounds, your hunger, your desperation, your longing, and your pain, and entrust yourself to God, for in due time he will console you. It is the story of Lazarus, but it is also the story of Jesus. For our Lord Jesus became poor for our sake. He was also cast outside the gate. He was stripped naked. Dogs surrounded him. He bore our wounds in his body. He bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. He fasted and hungered. And on the cross, he thirsted and died. All of this he endured for us to pay our debts and credit us with the riches of his own divine righteousness. The story of Lazarus is also the story of Christ. And in fact, it is the story of all Christians. For we are all one in Christ, and as the scriptures say, if we suffer with him, we shall also reign with him. Lazarus suffered in faith. Jesus suffered in faith. And that is our calling too. In fact, it is our glory to believe that God is good even when we experience the opposite. To believe that he will indeed keep his promises to us and console us when this brief life of trial and testing is over. Lazarus, sinner though he was, and whatever tests and trials he might himself have failed, was nonetheless welcomed into the feast of heaven. And so will you and I be welcomed. He was consoled by God, and so we shall also be consoled by God. He who hungered and thirsted here on earth was finally satisfied. He who longed for healing was finally granted it. And so we shall be satisfied and be healed as well. For our satisfaction and healing, our fullness and blessing, isn't in this world. It's in God. It isn't in this short life. It isn't in the stuff that we temporarily have. We were made by God for God and for nothing less. We were made to be conformed into the image of his everlasting son. As Jesus suffered, we shall suffer. As Jesus was raised, we shall be raised. As Jesus was humbled, so shall we be humbled. As Jesus was exalted, so shall we be exalted. And of course, his name is above all other names, and he is God and we are not, and yet we shall be one with him. Jesus was comforted by God, and we shall be comforted by God. For our glory is not of this world. Our glory is in him. And these present sufferings, the scriptures say, are not worthy to be compared to that glory which is to come. So let us be wise and set our sights beyond this short life. Let us see past these brief and present sufferings to that eternal joy and glory which is to come. For having received Jesus, 
we have indeed received the forgiveness of all our debts, and therefore let us forgive. Having received his mercy, let us be merciful. Having been set free from dependence upon the riches of this world, let us be generous with the riches of this world. For we are not comforted or consoled by these things. We are not the rich man. We are comforted and consoled by God. We are Lazarus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please rise for the Apostles' Creed. <clears throat> 